no matter what I create, I want to make sure that it's from just a genuine, authentic place of love to bring happiness to other people um, around me who see what I create and what others create in this world as well. Hey everyone, welcome to Brand Therapy. I'm Phil. I'm Lauren. And we are here yet again for another therapy session. Is that what we're calling this? Yeah, I think we should just go there. Yeah, that's cute though. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. This... We don't want to go too, like, we don't want to go too crazy <laughs> with the therapy analogy. No, I'll stop. I'll okay, keep, right. keep on with the intro. Um, this conversation we have today is pretty entertaining. I think it's the most work that we've done in a session yet. Right? I think oh so, Oh, my God. Too. Listen to me. I'm calling them se- sessions. <laughs> session, yeah. Well, God. it's great because uh, the individual we chat with today is a performer, a dancer, super, super talented, looking for ways to grow his influence and his audience, uh, you know, get in front of more people, stay on their radar. And we talk, we focus today, not on social media. That's always the given, the obvious. We actually talk about email marketing. And I... I'd love this conversation we have. Yeah, me too. Phil, you've learned so much about email marketing, especially this past year, about what works, what doesn't work, and Patrick gets to know all of that. Yeah, it's like a little fast track to making those decisions uh, that Patrick gets, but you also get it from being here and listening. Sounds like a good deal to me. It does. Shall we get to the conversation? Let's do it. Let's listen to our conversation with Patrick. I am an artist, so I'm a dancer, singer, and actor, um, and I live here in Manhattan. You're a very talented guy. People should check out your website and your Instagram. We're going to talk about all of that today. But if you could summarize, like, 2018 and your goals for the year, if you could accomplish, like, one thing by the end of this year, what would that be? Um, I think my biggest thing for myself that I want to bring um, to this world in 2018 is just art that spreads and oozes from a place of, um, love, because I think that this world, um, lacks that, um, over the past like year or so into 2018. And no matter what I create, I want to make sure that it's from just a genuine, authentic place of love to bring happiness to other people, um, around me who see what I create and what others create in this world as well. I love that. And are you hoping to make money from that? Is this more of a side passion? I I think it's great if I can make a living from it. Um, but and I would love to. Um, but I definitely I know one of my biggest things that I've always told myself is create from a place of love and not from a place of um needing the income. And that's when the income just comes to you. When you create from a place of making good art and content, that is something that you think that the world needs from you. And then sort of the income comes from that. Patrick, like a year from now or like two years from now, what do you want to be doing? If you could design your life to be exactly what you wanted, get specific. Tell us what that would look like. And then we're going to make a plan today to get you there. I love it. I think in like a year or two where I would love to be doing um, and where I would love to be at is just performing in shows that the world needs right now and that are just very cutting edge because I think that um, one of my biggest passions is Broadway, of course. So I think that one of the biggest things is just with the upcoming of new season is these more cutting edge shows 
almost like we talk about when you think about like the history of musicals and performance and art. And there's shows that really push the boundaries of what's talked about on stage. And it's like a full circle and it's getting back to that. So I would love to be performing in those kinds of shows and really spreading um, the art and the work that I like to do through that kind of commercial world. But I would also love to be teaching. Um, so that's definitely another one of my big passions is teaching. So I would love to be teaching on a bigger scale to more students because I, I, that's definitely like one of my ways that I love to give back because I love seeing people take on material and use it and have like their own drive that I saw in myself as a kid and take their own path and or a path that has been created and really make it their own. What are some of the biggest challenges in the way of um of of making these happen tomorrow <laughs> yeah um, i definitely think one of them is always getting out of your own head which is always one of my biggest things that i like to tell myself is my rule number six is don't take yourself too seriously and get out of your own head because that's definitely one of the biggest ones and then but a lot of times i feel like the the getting the job part is definitely not always in your control it's showcasing your work to other people as much as you can so people know what kind of work that you create and they're able to like depend on you to instill that torch in your hand to go forward and do um, what you want with the jobs that you would like. Do you like writing or are you more of a kind of camera talker? Um, I, I do like writing. It's not my favorite. I'm definitely more of a camera talker I know that like when I'm typing an email I actually like record it into my voice memos first and then transcribe it into an email <laughs> I love that Phil does it too <laughs> it's great <laughs> I have to or else I'm going to completely forget what I'm saying and lose that just like flow of consciousness as I'm writing something I think a newsletter might be good for you like even more than Instagram okay. because it would give you a structure to follow I know everyone right now is wanting to get super, super popular on Instagram, but it's kind of hard to stand out. And it's also, you have people's attentions for like three seconds. So it's hard to like give yeah. a message that's as complex as the one you're hoping to share. Have you like explored with the newsletter before or, or thought about it? I have. I do. I actually um, use MailChimp myself right now and I do um, share a newsletter. I haven't I've kind of just like kept it on the DL right now and I use it more for um, personal things as far as uh, like when I'm teaching and stuff. That's kind of been the consistency of it thus far. And I haven't really ventured out into ways um, on how to use that to really captivate people's attention and spread information that people will open and really um, stay connected to. Okay, Phil knows a lot about this. There's something really powerful about email marketing and Patrick I was very late to the game in this world. In fact, I've only been, I've been in business for six, almost seven years of doing whatever it is I do. And I've only been sending emails for one year. This was, this was 2016. I know this was 2016's New Year's resolution. I had two. One was to work out consistently and one was to send emails. I only accomplished one of those. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So, so, but I, we have some tips and we'll talk about email marketing. Here's why I think it's useful, useful for someone like you. You're very, very 
strong at communicating. So I've, I see your Instagrams. We interact all the time on Twitter. You're a great communicator. You're so positive and inspiring. And we need to make sure that message gets out there in a way, to Lauren's point, that that lives a little longer than than three seconds. There's something powerful about sending someone an email and having their email to send an email to. On social media, you're at the mercy of the, the social media channels uh, that that really kind of decide who's going to see your posts. There's all kinds of frustrations with platforms like Facebook. We hear it feels like every week algorithms are being changed that prevent you know, your audience that you've worked really hard to build from seeing the content you've created. But these algorithms haven't really rocked the email world like they have on other platforms. So some argue that when you have someone's email address and you've earned the ability to send them an email, that you, in fact, have much more ownership over that action. You don't need to worry about the platform's changing algorithm. The fact is people check their emails. Will they check every email you send and open it and respond? Probably not. But there's a very good chance uh, that if you communicate well, you communicate concisely, that people are going to see whatever it is you're doing. So what do you think about exploring this? Because I, I, I've seen your Instagram. We know you're great on Twitter. This is kind of a fun new platform that I think is going to work for you. So maybe we'll talk about that. Yeah, no, I love it. I actually, um, that's been my goal this year is, um, I actually just read a book called Reach Out by Molly Beck. And I was obsessed with it. And that's kind of been my goal this year is figuring out like the target of who to really reach out to that I want to help and who could be a good audience for um, the types of content that I create moving forward. And it's definitely something that has been a trial and error, but I'm excited and hoping to really find some sort of template and consistency of how to do that moving forward. I love, love, love the idea of like Patrick's happy thoughts. And I think it, it's oh, cool. I love that. Yeah, because you could... um. I mean, you don't have to have a formal title for the newsletter or anything, but as long as that's your kind of foundation, uh, you could spring from that however you want. So maybe you witnessed a lovely moment on the subway and it was just a few minutes, but it it made your day. Or maybe you saw an ad that made you laugh out loud or a song that just really like, you know, turned your mood from a bad one to a good one. Although it seems like you only have good moods, honestly, just from this conversation. <laughs> um, or, Everyone has good and bad days. <laughs> you're, well, I think your bad days are probably better than my good. Um, and, and I think also um, it, it could be a great way for you to subtly bring up all of those cutting edge performances that you were mentioning on Broadway without being like in your face only talking about Broadway. So it kind of opens up your potential audience and you don't necessarily have to be a theater geek to to understand and appreciate the impact of whatever performance you're recommending. Okay. I like that. No, I think that's great. That's I, I love Broadway, and that's definitely something that I aspire to. Um, but I think it was different growing up as a dancer and not doing anything related to musical theater for the first, like, six or seven years of my life because it definitely changed my perspective on art in general. And I know that's definitely, like, when I listen to music, I listen to music, the show tunes, part of the time. But the rest of the time, I'm most definitely not listening to that type of material. Phil and I were both, like, kind of like, okay, who's talking in the mic now? Because we both have the same exciting idea. How about we write your first email blast with you on the phone? I'd love that. Here's what we'll do. 
first, the first part will be, and I'll be the first to admit that by the way, anyone listening to this podcast right now, Lauren is actively involved with the email blasts that I send. I always take credit for them, but at least half of them that go out, probably like what, 70% of them, you write the majority of them. But this morning you sent a really good one out and like I had nothing to do with it. So, well, sometimes miracles happen. <laughs> um, here, here's what we're going to do. Lauren's going to ask you a few questions to get some ideas on drafting this first email. And then I'm going to give Lauren a few minutes to write it on the spot after she has the information she needs. And while you're writing it, I'll go over the styling of this because there's some tips I can give you that people often ask me when I send email blasts, Phil, how do you get your email to look like a normal email? There's a good number of people that I email every single week on a list of thousands of people that think I'm emailing them directly. And there's some magic to that inspired by a really cool marketing guy out there that I'll talk about when okay. I need to buy some time while Lauren writes your first blast. How, you didn't know this was going to happen, Patrick. We're, gonna, we're, we're doing your marketing I for you today. It. <laughs> it's a great Friday. I love this. This is so fun. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So Patrick, I want to start small and I don't ideally don't want to talk about Broadway because I, and dance because I know that you're comfortable with that. So let's use this opportunity to talk about something you're not as comfortable on. And then that way you'll have like a little reference for, for down the road. What is something non-dance, non-Broadway related that made you happy this week or even today? Oh my God, I saw the cutest puppy on the street because I've been wanting a puppy for the past year. <laughs> okay, let's stop for a sec. Normally, Phil does all the talking, but this is my time. I'm going to be telling you about our brand audit service because if you're liking what you're hearing right now, then it's something you might want to consider. When we work with a client, any client, all clients, we start off our working relationship with a brand audit. It's a 90-minute consultation with Phil and myself where we do a deep dive into your brand and look at what's working and what isn't. If you're wanting to get more business, if you're wanting to make shape an idea into something concrete, then visit philpallon.expert slash therapy and you'll get a special 15% off of our 90-minute consultation. All right, that's enough from me. Back to Phil talking. What is something non-dance, non-Broadway related that made you happy this week or even today? Oh my God, I saw the cutest puppy on the street because I've been wanting a puppy for the past year. <laughs> Tell me about the puppy. Um, it was a little like black, white, and brown uh, puppy. It almost looked like a cavapoo. I've been obsessed with that breed. I was just walking by and I think I had like a minor heart attack because the dog was like maybe four or five pounds. It was like fresh from the litter and my heart just like sunk as I saw the puppy thinking about almost taking it off the leash and home with me and taking care of the little puppy. What is it about puppies that make you so happy? I think it's the reason that I don't like cats because I love that a puppy's always in my face. So it's like my companion. And for me, it always just like lowers my heart rate. It makes me, I know that like if I'm sitting here working, my, my puppy that I actually own is at home with my parents right now because I travel so much that I'm not home enough in New York to have him here. But every time I look over, I'm just instantly like, cool, breath of fresh air, someone to work with. And it just puts me in like a new mindset and perspective when I'm working and I need a little breather. Also, puppies are like 
so loving. I think that's also what you like about it. This is like this reoccurring theme with you. They're so positive. There's, it's not possible for a puppy not to love another human being. No, and that's what I love because my mom, she actually hates when our dogs sleep with them or lay on her. And I'm like, oh no, please, like kiss my face, lay on top of me on the couch. I want to not be able to move from the couch. Awesome. When I'm around puppies. I think I have all I need for this newsletter, believe it or not. Wait, one more thing. What can humans learn from puppy love? What can he, what, what can, what little tidbit did you take away from that interaction that other humans can learn from? Oh my gosh. Um, I think just the amount of unconditional love that a puppy has, no matter how many times you punish it, they learn so quickly and then they're immediately unconditionally loving you again. It's just always positive and companionship for their owner. I love it. I'm like typing away already. Beautiful. I've got everything that I need. I'm going to get to work. <laughs> Lauren's going to get love to it. work um, drafting your first email blast. That was great. You answered those questions so well. And it's so interesting, Patrick, right? Because it's, it's like, it's such common sense. It's, it's something that happened in the day without anticipating or planning, but there was still a moment where something went through your brain and made you think. And Lauren is typing away here, writing your first email blast. While she's, (laughs) while she's doing that, I want to talk about the styling of your email blast. Many, many people use MailChimp. There's other other services out there like Constant Contact and, and uh, all kinds of other ones that are more advanced. I still to this day use MailChimp. I'm a big fan of it. I love that it syncs with Squarespace, which is another service. A lot of people use, Um, you know, it's, MailChimp is easy to use, but I would say I would challenge people not to fall into the trap of creating an email blast that looks like it's obviously from MailChimp. It's kind of like, you know, if you're familiar with Squarespace or Wix or Weebly, it's kind of like taking a theme and not really making Uh an effort to make it look unique to you. So there's a few tips that I can give you and I can give people to make your MailChimp email look custom. Uh, The first thing is to pay a few dollars and have the uh, sent from MailChimp removed. It's usually worth it. If you're going to put time and effort into an email strategy, then, then, you know, pull out your credit card and pay $5 a month to remove the thing that makes it not look super obviously free. That's the cost of a coffee. Um, You know, it's like, you know, the whole mission here, and, and I've done a lot of research on this, the whole goal and mission with email marketing is to make it feel like you're emailing someone one-on-one. You know, and so what I often do is I have a very clear idea of one specific individual person that I'm emailing. And when I draft the email blast, um, I write their name. In terms of styling the email, MailChimp defaults to a format where you've got lots of images and and options to style and customize how it looks and change the colors and all of that. And trust me, no one is more tempted to do that more than me, a branding guy. <laughs> but when I've researched this, um, I, 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 the, the common uh, conclusion here is that simple is best, particularly in inboxes. You're never going to compete with the big brands that have fancy custom designed emails and beautiful visuals, if anything, falling into the trap of using those is going to feel amateur. So um, for the first, well, uh, you know, when I started 
sending emails. I was super inspired by Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income, his uh, one of the most famous podcasts in the marketing category out there. And Pat Flynn sends emails that look like they're coming directly from him. No visuals, only usually one hyperlink per email. So it doesn't give people too many options. But the most amazing thing is that there's really some psychology behind that. Even if you know he's sending it to thousands of people, the fact that it looks and feels like it's something he could have typed you directly increases the likelihood that people will open and read it. You know what I mean? And so so I'll give you a few like little tips on sending that email, especially this one that Lauren's writing right now, because Patrick is like, if I was to receive this email from you, I feel it feels like you would be sending me this directly. And that's really cool. You know, <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, I know. That's awesome. So keep your font really simple. Don't go crazy changing it. I would keep it Arial, whatever your inbox defaults to. It's usually Arial. And in MailChimp, I use Arial and I use size 13. That matches the style that 99.5, I made that statistic up, 99% of people <laughs> use, right? It's just whatever Gmail or whatever Apple Mail or Outlook, whatever that defaults to, it's a default font. It is Arial. It is size 13, not 12, not 14. Size 13 is what you want to use to blend in with the emails that people send day to day. You can customize your hyperlink color. That's one thing I have fun with. I usually change it depending on the email that I send. The other important thing that is in MailChimp, if you do want to send an image, make sure that you take advantage. Uh, MailChimp defaults the width of an email is 600 pixels. But now that people are opening up their emails on their phones, it's a great idea to double the image size. So let's say the image you want to put is 600 pixels uh, wide, 200 high. You'd actually want to bounce that image out of Photoshop or Canva, whatever you're using, at 1,200 pixels wide by 400. So exactly twice the size, and you decrease, you constraint the size by 50%. And that, what that does is it means that it it decreases the higher, you know, high quality version of that photo, and it'll look super crystal clear on a phone, on any device that you use nowadays that has a lot of pixels per inch. It's still following me? Yes, I love that. Beautiful. So the other thing too, that I would say the last thing in terms of styling, by the way, Lauren, checking in with you, how's it going? It's done. Oh, it's done. You're just patiently waiting for me <laughs> to finish this part. The, the last thing that I would encourage you to do is customize the footer of your email. What I do, I go so far as my effort to make this blend in, my blasts blend in with emails I send on a daily basis. I have exactly the same email footer in my email blasts that I send to people day to day. So those are my tips on making your email blend in. I've been hogging the microphone. I'm now going to share it with Lauren, <laughs> who has written your email blast. All right. Are you ready? I am. Perfect. So this is just using the information that you gave about the cute little puppy that you met today. So, hi, Fred, as Phil mentioned, putting in the person's name. I'm kicking off my first email with a simple mental picture, a puppy. Not just any puppy, but an adorable, fluffy, and downright irresistible puppy. He's no more than five pounds, a mottled mix of black and brown, and he's so cute you want to kidnap him. 
I saw this exact puppy on the street earlier today and it immediately brought a smile to my face. In just a few minutes, my heart rate was lowered, my perspective was refreshed, and my whole day got a new breath of fresh air, all from this little ball of fluff. It was just 100 seconds, but it made me think about puppy love. Dogs give us so much unconditional love. They're such positive companions, and I think there's a lot that we can learn about them. I'm going to take a cue from this ball of joy I met today, and I hope you do too. Show the world some puppy love and put positivity out in the universe. And if that means getting your own little puppy, you have my full support. Then Cappy Thoughts, Patrick. I love that. You said it. It's just all, it's your story. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just surprised that that came from my own words, I think, like hearing it in retrospect. Of course. And <laughs> I think, of yeah, yeah, totally. And I think that um, there's a lot that you can extract and conclude from literally just a couple minutes of experiencing something. And, and I think kind of painting the picture for your reader will help too. I agree. No, that was, it's great to hear it in retrospect as well, like that or somebody regurgitating it back to me. Um, cause it definitely changes. I was like, whoa, is that, was that really, are you sure that I was from me? Okay, cool, cool. Um, <laughs> All you. Yeah, no, it's definitely, cause I know that writing is like not my first thing. So it's cool how simple things can be to just, um, spark a conversation with someone. Okay. So Phil and I have a competition. Every time he sends out an email, we each write one subject line to test and we see which one does better. In MailChimp, it's called A-B testing. And it, you're the, you have the option when you go to create an email, whether you want it to be a, uh, you know, a simple email blast or you choose A-B testing. Always choose A-B testing. And all that means is you choose one aspect of the email that you want to test. It will run a little competition and send the majority of those emails out to whichever one performs the best. So for example, if we do an A-B test with subject lines, there's an A and there's a B. Lauren writes the subject for A. I write the subject for B. If, let's say, I have a 1,000 email subscribers, it will send A and B to the first half. So take 500, 250 get the subject line that Lauren wrote, 250 get the subject line that I wrote. It will then, MailChimp does this all automatically. Whichever one performs the best based on opens and, and reads and all of that, then it will send the remaining 500 to the rest of your list using whichever one performs the best. And the beauty is it does this all automatically. So that's that's how that works. Yeah, so... That's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's so... It's really crazy that just in a few words, you can get wildly different open rates. Like, I'm always shocked. Always, yeah. always shocked. Um, so for you, for like this puppy email, for example, you might want to think about the A being like puppy love, something that's, you know, straight and really you know, like a direct description of what the email is. And maybe the second one, you might want it to be like a chance encounter or something a bit more mysterious. So usually we'll, well, I mean, if Phil and I are battling, we're always pushing for the most like edgy and crazy option. But for while you're getting started out, you might want to try one that's just like not surprising and then one that's a little bit mysterious. Okay. One more thing is I love using emojis in subject lines. I find that it yes. does help people. It does entice people to open email blasts. Beautiful. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. How productive have we been over the last few minutes? I know. I love it. I, I definitely love everything that we've talked about. And I think that's something that I struggled with is keeping connection with people through email because I was a culprit of those images because man, do they just entice you in. It's like I can put how many pictures and all of this, um, 
all of these options to customize. And I got real excited when I first got MailChimp for sure. And that's what, <laughs> that's what everyone does. And you don't need it. Cause think about it too. It's just one more barrier to completing this task. That's at least for me, I get so overwhelmed and excited by all the visual opportunities that exist in the world. But in fact, why spend an hour on an email when you can spend 15 minutes on a very simple email with one hyperlink, one action that sends people, for example, to your Instagram where the visuals do belong. So, okay, good. So you're feeling good about this. What are you going to do next? Yes, I'm going to get right to drafting that email. Amazing. We can also email you this over if that helps. (laughs) <laughs> with the first oh, one. <laughs> I was sitting here like trying to write it down as you went and I was like, oh man, I hope I like, I remember a version of this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll email it. But you should try like, try writing three of them. Like try writing a month's worth of emails if you're going to be sending this every week. Yeah, no, I think that's great. It's something that I thought about um, even just from watching Phil and other people. It's just planning um, ahead. So because I know that was one of my first struggles was like, oh my gosh, I have, no content to post. And I just want it to, instead of trying to think about it so hard, just let it be natural and fun. It's um, that inventory process, yeah. that that way of just yeah. auditing your day. Maybe even just make a point every single day, write down one idea, something simple that happened that day, put it in Evernote or put it in your email or in your notes app on your phone somewhere so that when you have the opportunity to write that email, maybe you're stuck in traffic, maybe you're sitting on the subway. For me, it's when I'm on an airplane without Wi-Fi. That's when I can usually sit down and write three, four, five email blasts in a row and then I'm organized for a month. You've got a lot to do. You've got a little to-do list. I'm excited though. It's a good to-do list. Amazing. Well, I guess we should let you get to work, shouldn't we? I know, right? I should. It's been fun. That was really fun. Um, and we look forward to hearing from you. We look forward to receiving. Make sure Lauren and I are on your in your database to receive, on your email yes. list to receive that first email. And we look forward to I definitely will. hearing how it goes down the line when you get a few more email blasts under your belt. I'd subscribe to a happy email from Patrick, wouldn't you? Absolutely. That was so fun. It was. It, it turned into a working session, like full-blown working session. I know. It was like a little teamwork. I was like, I'm going to buy you time by explaining the the, <laughs> the styling of it. But yeah. it's fun because we, I mean, we've, we've arrived at some of these conclusions and decisions that we make that help us within our own business. But until we like talk about it with someone else, we're like, oh yeah, remember we we did that for a reason? Oh, do you remember when we used to do really styled emails and you would spend so long making it perfect? So long. Always building the house, never selling it. Just like the Sims. I know, I was the same way. Honestly, Rosebud, did you use that code? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the video game, The Sims, I always used to just build the houses and never actually played the game. I just made things look pretty and that is honestly an analogy for my life. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Patrick is going to have a very pretty little house with his newsletter. I really, 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 really hope that he sends them out because I would totally, God, I could I could use a, a break and a smile every day or every week from Patrick. Well, and that's what he said was one of his goals. So I think it's really cool to use this channel for, you know, people are always so super focused on social media, but there really is, and I was super stubborn about this for a long time, there really is power behind a strong, consistent email marketing strategy. We want to know, do you send emails? If so, what are some of the tips and tricks that work well for you? We'd love, love, love to hear from you what you thought about this episode. 
Find us on Twitter at Phil Palin. At the Lauren Moore. Hashtag brand therapy so we can keep track of this conversation. You can too. I guess I should talk about subscribing, right? You should. I should. Okay, so don't forget to subscribe. We're going to be doing weekly therapy sessions every single Wednesday, so you don't want to miss out. And if you haven't given us a review already, please go give us a review. Five stars, but four four will be okay too. (laughs) Um, Ideally five. You will also love this week's notes. So we took that email that we wrote with Patrick. We have it in a downloadable PDF and I've structured it so that you can actually see the merge tags, right? I mentioned with him how to style this email, how to use merge tags to make it look like an everyday email that you will send. That details all of that in case you didn't catch it just from hearing it. So go check that out, philpallon.expert slash therapy for this episode and all of our other episodes. And we will just, uh, I guess, see you back next week for a brand new therapy session. Catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening. And next week on Brand Therapy. So I'm trying to do little projects here and there, but it's really difficult to pick all the pieces together and put it in my personal brand. 